Hello, everyone. It's Rico, and this is Trex in Sci-Fi, show number 53 for May the 28th, 2006. It's going to be uh, a bit of a different show this week, everyone. I'm going to be mainly talking about some sci-fi fantasy films of mine that I really enjoy. Uh, some are a little older, some not so old. I think I'm going to be looking at about four of them. I think I should have time for that. We're going to be going over some email and listener uh, comments and the other usual sci-fi goodness. So stand by. Here we go. Treks in sci-fi. Yes, it's the big sci-fi movie show. I love all this movie stuff. Pardon me, sir. Stuff? Okay, well, as usual, I'd like to welcome everyone to the show. Uh, My name is uh, Rico, and this, of course, is the sci-fi fantasy podcast called Treks in Sci-Fi, which every week we talk about Star Trek, sci-fi TV, movies, and so on, and some collectible talk as well. First thing I'd like to say also is that the show is sponsored in part by YouBuyNow.com. If you go over to YouBuyNow.com and take a look at what they've got to first sale, they've got a lot of collectibles, sci-fi merchandise, things like that, action figures, some neat things, and they're always getting in new merchandise. So check that out. And if you use the code TREKSF or TREKSINSCIFI, you can save 10% on all of your purchase. Well, it's been a, uh, a fairly uh, busy week for me, uh, as it seems to be every week anymore. My older son just finished up high school. Oh my god, I'm old. And uh, he just had his last day, and he's also, I think I mentioned before, he's got a job in a nearby movie theater, and so he thinks they're pretty busy for him. And I also, oh, I wanted to mention that uh, if the show sounds just a little bit different this week, I, I got myself sort of a new um, flexible microphone stand the, the bottom line of it is it actually allows me to record and look at the computer at the same time. I used to have it on a small stand over to the side, and I had to keep turning back and forth between the computer uh, and the microphone to when I wanted to look up something on email or, or things like that. And, and now I've got this flexible, it kind of clips to the desk, and the microphone can kind of sit in front of my face. And it, I'm not sure still if I have it quite positioned where I want, but we'll, we'll go with it for this week. I wanted to uh, also say I managed to get out to see the new X-Men X3. Although it's not really called X3, at least when I remember reading the the titles during the movie. It's just called X-Men The Last Stand. Uh, Even though all this stuff that they've been showing over the past few weeks, uh, previews and things, have always referred to it sort of as X-Men 3 or whatever. But anyway, I went to see it uh, Friday night, opening night, uh, took my younger son and my older son was actually working at the theater, and uh, we had a good time. I, overall, I'm just going to say quickly, I, I was just a little disappointed in the movie. I I, in, I enjoyed it, uh, but I think the first two X-Men's I enjoyed more. I'm not going to say much, because I we did a special podcast with some of the people on the forums for Treks in Sci-Fi at the website yesterday. Kind of like what I've done a couple times over Skype before. And what I'm going to do is probably for this coming Wednesday show is I'm going to edit that up a little and release it. And we talk about a lot of different summer movies, some that are out already and some that are coming out. And I think it was a good good talk and 
more of our comments about the uh, third X-Men film will be in that uh, show that I'll release, um, like I said, most likely this coming uh, Wednesday. The uh, TV season has pretty much wound down. Uh, all the, I think I've mentioned all the sci-fi shows have vanished and are gone for a while. The Doctor Who is still showing, at least on the sci-fi channel in the States on Friday evenings. This past Friday it wasn't on, uh, probably because of Memorial Day weekend and everything, but uh, I'm still enjoying that. Uh, and until uh, July when Stargate uh, SG-1 and Atlantis return, the um, there won't be a lot on, I don't think, of at least new things on, on TV. One thing I noticed is that the they're releasing all the Stargate uh, SG-1 seasons in some new box sets. Uh, they're, they're these thin package sets, kind of like they just did this with X-Files, and I think the price is going to be a little less per season, so I don't have any X-Files or, or SG-1 on DVD yet, so I might pick some up. So keep an eye on the stores for that stuff. We've got a lot uh, a lot to cover here, so I want to get into uh, talking about some a few emails uh, uh, first and then we'll get into the movie talk. It's now time for some email on Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, the first uh, email I was going to mention is from uh, Alejandro Perez. I hope I'm saying your name right, Alejandro. Um, probably not with the accent properly. He says, hey Rico, my name is Alejandro from the Sunny Isles Beach in Florida. I enjoy the podcast quite a bit. I'm, a big, I'm big into NPR and it made me laugh when I heard people compare your presentation to an NPR broadcast, but it's true. In any case, I'm a big sci-fi fan, a big fan of podcasts. I download your show from iTunes. Really enjoy your commentary on the classic Trek episodes, uh, particularly your commentary on the Doomsday Machine, which was way back in show 10. I downloaded all your podcasts and been listening to them one at a time from the beginning. Eventually, I will catch up. As for Star Trek, I was wondering if you have seen the original Trek cartoon, which I'm told aired in the late 60s, early 70s. I'm not sure. I've not seen any of these, but I've read descriptions of them. Any chance that will become a topic of your discussion? Uh, enjoy the. He says he really enjoys the show. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Um, oh, we also ask about Babylon Five, which I'll, I'll comment on in a second. The uh, Alejandro, the the cartoon is supposed to come out on DVD this year. Hopefully, that'll be the case. They've they've announced that several times, and the animated series ran for two seasons. I think in the early 70s, 73, 74, 75 in that time frame. Uh, there were two seasons, and it's supposed to come out on DVD this year. I do have them on videotape, and I, I do know the episodes pretty well, but I, I'm kind of waiting till the DVD release, and then I'll kind of work them into the show at that point, I hope. On the Babylon 5, uh, I, I really enjoyed that series. There's, there's a good podcast called Sci-Fi Dig that you can look up that, that he reviews, kind of like I do about Star Trek. He reviews a lot of uh, Babylon 5 uh, TV uh, series episodes on his podcast, so check that out, Sci-Fi Dig. I got a uh, quite a bit of good, really good uh, feedback and commentary both on my forums for this uh, podcast website and uh, through email about last week's show, the Deep Space Nine episode duet. Uh, here's one, uh, an email that I got from Alvin NG. Uh, Alvin wrote, to, Hey Rico, uh, thanks for the enjoyable look at duet. It's one of my favorite Deep Space Nine episodes, but I haven't seen it in a while. You're right about it being an intense and emotional episode. When you started talking about the scene where Maritza starts to break down, I started to get choked up anticipating the audio clip, and listening to the clip and the subsequent clip of Kira after Maritza was murdered had me tearing up. Unfortunately, I was driving on the freeway at the time, listening in my car going home from work. I wonder if my insurance policy has a podcast or Star Trek clause. Uh, I'm sorry, officer. 
I just couldn't see the road because I was getting emotional over an audio clip of a Cardassian war criminal overcome with remorse. Couldn't you let me off with just a warning? <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I was able to maintain control of the car. I continue to enjoy your show and look forward to many more episodes of Dangerous Driving. And then he goes on and, and, and puts his contest uh, entry for the contest that I'll be talking about later on, which uh, he will be in the running because he had the correct uh, connections. Yeah, Elvin, uh, sorry I didn't mean to make you uh, lose control of your car. Uh, it's uh, I didn't realize, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, I didn't realize watching that episode uh, of Deep Space Nine again was going to get me uh, as worked up as it did but it's it's just an amazing episode and like i think i said last week it's something that i think everyone could uh, really appreciate so check that out thanks a lot for your uh, your email alvin and keep keep uh, control on the road here's a uh, short email from uh, somebody named tiffany tiffany black she says, hi, I, I really enjoy your podcast a lot. I've listened to all 53 now. I guess that would have counted the beta one. And I like TOS, Next Gen, and Voyager best. But you just might get me to like Deep Space Nine as well. Have a good day, Tiffany. Well, Tiffany, I, I hope I can. I think it's, uh, I've always thought Deep Space Nine is probably the most overlooked of the Star Trek series. Uh, Next Generation was so successful and Deep Space Nine came on started uh, on the air while while Next Generation was still on, which I think uh, was, you know, that's a difficult situation because there's two Star Trek series on at the same time, and I don't think everyone watched both. But I definitely agree that if if you're a Star Trek fan in general or or just a a fan of good storytelling and and good science fiction, check out Deep Space Nine sometime because it's got some really great writing and really great stories in, in that series. I think that's going to just about do it for uh, email. There are, there are a few other emails, and most of the actually emails this week were about the, the contest, and I'll be getting to that after I go through the talk about the various movies I wanted to mention. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. All right. Like I said at the beginning, I want to go through four four different fi- sci-fi fantasy films that I've enjoyed over the years. Two are from uh, quite quite a while ago, one from the 50s, one from the 60s. And the other two are, I think both of them are in the mid-80s. So mo- most of these are at least 20 years old. My idea here is to sort of bring out again some films that some, uh, especially some of the younger listeners may not have either heard of or seen ever and it's definitely something you could you could rent at blockbuster or off netflix uh sometime in you know and view it and and i think you'd appreciate these movies i'm going to do the the first one i'm going to kind of go in order of time the first one is a um a, a kind of a real classic science fiction tale the film that was in the uh 1950s came out and I thought what I will do is play the preview audio for the audio trailer for the film, and then I'll come back and talk about it a little bit. So here's the trailer for the, the classic sci-fi film from the 50s that I'm going to talk about. We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic toward the east coast of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Pearson. 
we bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a space ship in Washington. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. to give you these facts. But if you threaten to extend your violence, this earth of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. But he's a robot. Without you, what could he do? There's no limit to what he could do. He could destroy the earth. All vehicles close in. Let's go. Okay, that was a pretty eerie uh, trailer clip. Did uh, most of you or some of you figure out what movie it was? Well, it's the uh, 1951 film, The Day the It, or, The Day the Earth Stood Still. This uh, classic sci-fi tale is uh, well. Let me just read the IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. Quick little uh, synopsis. An alien, Klaatu, and his mighty robot, Gort, land their spacecraft on Cold War Earth just after the end of World War II. They bring an important message for the planet, which Klaatu wishes to tell representatives of all nations. However, communication turns out to be difficult, so after learning something of the natives, Klaatu decides on an alternative approach. Um, Yeah, that doesn't give too much away, and I think it's a decent synopsis. Basically, this is about a very peaceful alien that comes to Earth to try to get Earth to, you know, stop its nuclear weapons uh, programs and basically sort of settle down. You know, they they have decided, this alien race, that, that Earth could become a danger to, you know, other worlds in the future and that we're not ready for doing, you know, and, and dealing with this kind of uh, weaponry and, and technology. So... And I don't want to give too much away, but this uh, this film is just the preview. The trailer doesn't really do it justice. It sounds kind of schlocky, and, and to some people, maybe these days it might be. But the the main actor, Michael Rennie, he's uh, he's a wonderful actor, and he was in actually a, a Lost in Space two parter called The Keeper, which was a very good uh, uh, early first season episode of Lost in Space. But this movie, he plays Klaatu, who's, uh, again, a visitor from another world. And, of course, the the graphics or the special effects of this film from 1951 is not uh, like, of course, the movies that they put out in 2006, like X-Men and Superman and those that are coming. Um, Let me go down a little bit more of who's in the cast. Patricia Neal is is the female lead, uh, playing Helen Benson. Hugh Marlowe, Sam Jaffe, you know, some very classic old older actors, or I should say actors from the past. 
And this movie, this is the one that has this giant sort of silver robot called Gort. And it also is the, the film that the phrase Klaatu Barata and Nick Toe came from, which is used in the uh, Evil Dead Army of Darkness films. If, if you don't know where that came from, that's uh, from this. It was directed by Robert Wise, and that name should be familiar to Star Trek fans because he directed the first Star Trek uh, motion picture, Star Trek the motion picture, Robert Wise directed it. Uh, this, uh, it's, it's a great film. It's, it's a classic tale of, of, uh, you know, fairly peaceful aliens trying to come to earth to, to meet and greet and talk to us. And let me play, I've got one little audio, other audio clip from the film. This is Michael Rennie Klaatu talking to, uh, a representative about him wanting to meet the different representatives on earth. So let me play that for you about the, from the day the earth stood still. This is not a personal matter, Mr. Harley. It concerns all the people on your planet. I, I'm not sure I understand. I want to meet with representatives from all the nations of the Earth. I'm afraid that would be a little awkward. It's completely without precedent. And there are practical considerations. The time involved, the, uh, the enormous distances. I travel 250 million miles. I appreciate that, but... I want to be frank with you, Mr. I mean, Khartou. Our world at the moment is full of tensions and, uh, and suspicions. In the present international situation, such a meeting would be quite impossible. So I think, uh, I think everyone, you can get a, a sense of what this movie is like from that clip if you haven't seen it. They, uh, a few years ago, they, they restored this film and really made the, the print and, and the look of it uh, sharpened up. There's actually, it's a two-disc set, and they they have uh, some special features on it which show you what it used to look like, and then how after they cleaned it up and, and improved the, the video and the visual look of the movie, you know, it's not like they added effects and things and CGI like uh, George Lucas likes to do, but they really cleaned it up and made it a lot uh, nicer in the eyes and a lot sharper to see. So there you have Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, much a product of its 1951 time frame and, and all the tensions and Cold War things starting about nuclear weaponry and everything. And but a, but a classic classic science fiction tale with with a great message uh, about uh, an alien coming in peace. So um, let's move on. Now, this next movie I want to talk about is an uh, early 60s film, uh, a wonderful film, t- to me at least, something I've always enjoyed seeing, seen it a lot of times, and I'm going to play the trailer for you, but this trailer, uh, I'll warn you, there is not a whole lot here to go on on what this movie is, so we'll see how good you are, you know, kind of guess among yourselves and see if you can guess what movie this trailer is from. So here we go. So who who got the who got that what that movie trailer is from or what movie uh, it's from? It is from the 1960 version of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Yes, this uh, which was remade just a few years ago, which 
Well, we won't talk too much about that because I didn't really care too much for the remake. It was okay, but the classic uh, tale here, by um, directed by George Pal, came out in 1960, and this uh, this is a wonderful movie, and it's it's by the um, of course the H.G. Wells novel. It's based on that, The Time Machine. And let me give you again the Internet Movie Database, one of my favorite places. A uh, really brief description of the movie. This is from the book by H.G. Wells. A scientist and tinkerer build a time machine, which that's not really true. It was just the one guy, the, the main scientist that built it. Maybe they mean he's a scientist and a tinkerer. I think that's what it is. Sorry. A scientist and a tinkerer builds a time machine and uses it to explore the distant future where there are two races, a mild, gentle race, which are called the Eloi, and the cannibalistic one living underground, which are the Morlocks. Uh, his machine is stolen by the underground race, and he must risk capture himself in order to return to his own time. Again, that's a pretty decent synopsis of this movie. It's uh, it's from 1960, like I said. the um, Let me go give you a little bit of the cast. Rod Taylor plays uh, George, who is... The main scientist guy, Alan Young, who was on the show Mr. Ed, if anyone knows that, plays his friend David Phil- Philby. And the other real main character in this is a very young Yvette Mimieu, who plays Weena, who's one of the uh, very gentle uh, future uh, Eloy race. She's uh, meets up with uh, George, the scientist, when he goes to the future. And he goes, you know, millions of years into the future, with his machine, and then he runs, like I said, the Earth has be- sort of become divided by that time frame, and you have this, uh, it's almost reverted to sort of caveman times, where there's a race living above, they just kind of farm, and, you know, they, they don't, they're not really knowledgeable at all, and, and he basically discovers, and I, I'm not going to say too much, but he kind of discovers that something happened, some catastrophe, and there's a lot of knowledge that's been lost in the future, and you have, like I said, there's this, there's underground evil kind of creatures called the Morlocks that sort of prey on the Eloi who are really defenseless against the Morlocks. Uh, this uh, this has always been a great favorite of mine. I saw it many times growing up. Uh, I still pull it out once in a while and watch it again. Uh, it's it's really 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 well done. And one of the one of the coolest parts of this film for me has always been his time machine. He has this very Victorian-looking but slightly futuristic device that he sits down in. There's a chair, an old red-padded chair with dials that he sets the date he wants to go to and a crystal sort of rod handle that he he turns to activate the machine. And It's got this big spinning dial on the back. Uh, if you uh, do some searching around on the Internet, you can see that some people have made uh, full-size, a couple of people have made full-size replicas of this machine. It's, it's a very large piece uh, and it, and they've also there are some kits out there that allow you to make a, a small one too. And it's for somebody who's into collectibles and that kind of thing and props. This is a uh, would would be a dream come true to ever have one of these babies in my basement or something. It's uh, his time machine. Just to me is so much above and beyond the one they did for that movie a couple of years back. Uh, it's just it, it's very neat. I've always liked the Victorian style and era of things and the way they look and. But he's got that sort of slight uh, scientific and futuristic uh, elements on that uh, combined together. So it's it's a, this is a really great movie. Again, a Netflix blockbuster. Check it out. H.G. Uh, Wells' The Time Machine from 1960, uh, directed by George Pal, who did a lot of really great movies uh, in that time frame. 
there are uh, books and things out, but he did a lot. He he worked on, of course, the original War of the Worlds from the fifties, which is another great movie. Did a lot, a lot of fun, uh, fun sci-fi slash sort of fantasy films, and this is definitely up up with those. So, the Time Machine from nineteen sixty. There's the second movie I wanted to talk about. Now we're going to move uh, into more the future, but first I think I'm going to take a little break here and play a promo from another podcast. So listen to this, and then I'll be back for our third movie. How are you doing tonight? What is Jawbone? Welcome to Jawbone. Uh, this is going to be kind of a laid-back show. Sometimes you just open up the mic, you don't really know what to say. i got a couple of things I can throw your way. I always prepare. I try to be prepared. The BBC calls Jawbone the podcast Jerry Seinfeld would have made had he settled down in Cleveland with five children. I smell like kielbasa. Or like a ham sandwich. Hey, what's up with the foreigners? Witty. Funny, hilarious, says the guy reading this promo. Down with Adam Chicken Curry. Where is it a Sasquatch or is it more of a skunk ape? Did I dial 9111? <laughs> I meant to dial 911. Hang on, let me hang up. It's like eavesdropping on your neighbor, says Lynn and Nora's neighbor. Because we weren't talking about racy topics. Oh, yes, like right. Like all married people do. I just can't even talk to a married person who isn't talking about something racy. From the streets of Cleveland comes Jawbone Radio with Lynn and Nora. <laughs> Listen in at jawboneradio.com and find out what is Jawbone anyway. Yeah, it's kicking, it's rocking, it's, uh, you know, stick it in your ear and listen to it. All right, welcome back, everyone. The The third film that I wanted to talk about, we're moving um, 20 years into the future now, at least. And this movie came out in 1984. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson from a classic sort of children's novel. And I will play the, the trailer for you. There are some hints, but I'll play the the movie trailer for you now for this uh, very fantasy and fun adventure. So listen to this. What is the secret of this enchanted book? What wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible! Enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish believed in a fantasy or had a dream this is the never-ending story so that one that one should have been a little bit easier to figure out yeah that's from the 1984 film the never-ending story directed by wolfgang peterson who actually just came out with a new movie uh poseidon the, the poseidon adventure remake that was just just came out a couple of weeks ago so he's directing uh, still quite a bit. This uh, this movie, 1984, The NeverEnding Story, had a couple of sequels also. But let me go through. Uh, this was based on a novel by Michael 
Michael Ende, is how you say E-N-D-E, which I have the book, actually, and it follows it fairly closely. Uh, The... uh, well, let me give you again the internet movie, good old IMDb's slight or, or quick uh, synopsis. Bastian is a young boy who lives a dreary life, being tormented by school bullies. Ah, uh, who hasn't been there? So one such occasion, he escapes into a bookshop where the old proprietor reveals an ancient storybook to him, which he is warned can be dangerous. Shortly after, he borrows the book and begins to read it in the school attic, where he is drawn into the mythical land of Fantasia, which desperately needs a hero to save it from destruction. Yeah, this uh, this is a real fun movie, uh, especially probably for the kids, but I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it too when I saw it the first time and still do. The, the sequels aren't, aren't nearly, nearly as magical and nearly as good as this first one was, and it's got a lot of neat things in it, a lot of neat creatures. It's sort of Wizard of Oz-like a little bit. Let me tell you a few things about what, why this is uh, kind of one of the ones I wanted to mention. One, it's uh, probably been overlooked by a lot of people, and it's uh, you know a good 22 years old now. But I think this is something even young, old, whatever can enjoy. It's it's a, a magical land, this Fantasia place. And the, the neat twist on this is the whole idea that there's this boy named Bastion who's you know, he's he's an outsider, he, he likes to read stories, and he doesn't fit in very well with the, the kids at school, and he, he's, and it's, you know, there's like I kind of joked about, I mean, who hasn't been there? I mean, that, that I mean, a lot of times, especially, I think, science fiction, fantasy type fans, when they're going to school and growing up, they don't really, they, you know, they're not the jocks, really, they don't fit in with the in crowd, and so I think there's a lot of people that enjoy this kind of thing that could really identify with Bastion and, and his um, situation, and he goes to this sh- sort of magical shop, this bookstore, which I've, you know, I'm a real big book fan and reader and, and uh, you know, used to haunt especially used bookstores, although there aren't as many around anymore, and I find myself using the internet more for finding older books, but, you know, the, it's just a classic uh, situation where he, he stumbles into this bookstore and this, this, this sort of old man who's working there sort of realizes he he needs this particular book, and he kind of shows it to him, but Bastion doesn't, you know, he kind of says, oh, no, it's too dangerous. And But, of course, Bastion can't resist and, and has to take the book and read it. And he gets sort of caught up into the world of Fantasia, and things sort of, well, things happen in the real world that sort of make him wonder, is, is this book real or is it just a, a fantasy for him? And I don't want to, again, I'm not going to give any, anything more away, I don't think, there, uh, but it's it's definitely worth seeing. And if you, uh, you know, if you have little children or if you're young at heart, like I am, of course, I think this, uh, this is a great movie to see. It's, it's like, to me, Wizard of Oz is one of my favorite films of all time also. And, you know, this isn't quite like that of that level, uh, but it's still a fun tale and it has that same kind of spirit to it to me. There's lessons to be learned and it's, there's a lot of neat creatures in this movie too. You know, this is back in the good old days for me at least when, they didn't just draw every new little creature they wanted in a movie on a computer screen. You know, most of these things in this movie or everything that you see is was had to be, had to be created somehow in front of a camera. There's a lot of puppetry and, and creature effects in here that were not again they're not CGI graphics, and it it really makes to me that the wheel the world the wheeled the wheeled it see makes the wheeled seem makes the world seem much more real and organic and. I don't think you get that same feel in, in some recent heavy CGI movies as much. 
even though they they do a great job with them, there's there's something for something that's really there that makes it makes just a little bit of difference, I think. So, the never ending story that uh, it's a great film. Check it out. Uh, you can still find this quite quite easily, um, and uh, it's not even really that expensive to buy it. Most of these movies I'm talking about today are all pretty much available on Amazon and. None of them are real expensive. They they've been out for a while. So uh, if you if you think you might really, if it sounds like you might enjoy one of these, yeah, go ahead and buy it. Well, now we're going to go on to the um, the last uh, the fourth movie that I wanted to mention, and this is going um, pretty quickly actually. So maybe I'll slip a couple more recommendations in at the very end. We're about the half hour point right now of the show. This movie uh, is also about the same time frame, 1985 or so, I think. it. Um, and uh, the only one more hint I'm going to give for this movie before I play you the uh, the, the trailer, or, or maybe a couple of the trailers. I have some movie uh, uh, trailer, official trailers, and I've got also some saved uh, TV spots, so I might play a little bit of both. This movie uh, is from the 80s. It's uh, a fantasy-type film, and it starred everyone's favorite actor these days, Tom Cruise. So here we go. Listen to these trailers. There is a balance to the universe. The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. For there can be no good without evil, no love without hate. Life needs death. Innocence feeds lust. There can be no heaven without hell, no light without me. I am darkness. Well, that was uh, that was actually a pretty schlocky trailer, I think. It's funny how some of these older trailers are really just not that great at describing what it's about. Uh, let's listen to some of... Uh, I'll play you a couple of TV spots that were on the DVD that I have of this. This is, of course, the movie Legend with uh, Tim Curry and Tom Cruise. So listen to... Uh, I'm going to play a couple of different uh, TV spots. Here you go. Just Tom Cruise in Ridley Scott's Legend, rated PG. There is a balance to the universe. The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. <laughs> the new film from the director of Alien. I've found my true mate. You disgust me. Starring Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Never! Never! Legend. Rated PG. Okay, this uh, this film, of course, is called uh, Legend. It's uh, directed by Ridley Scott, who did uh, Alien, uh, 
the first one and did he do the second one I'm trying to recall can't remember at the at, right at this point i don't think so no that was james cameron aliens so but he directed the first alien movie uh ridley scott also directed a classic another classic sci-fi tale blade runner and he directed this movie legend from 1985 with tom cruise mia sarah and tim curry as darkness let me give you the synopsis of this one a demon who seeks to create eternal night by destroying the last of the unicorns and marrying a fairy princess is opposed by the forest boy Jack, who's Tom Cruise, and his elven allies in this magical fantasy. There's two different versions of this picture feature uh, soundtracks by either Tangerine Dream or Jerry Goldsmith. Now, let me give you a little bit about uh, my take on this movie, and I think um, there's a few interesting things. One, uh, I'll just say that I really like this movie a lot. I think this movie has some of the most gorgeous visuals of, of sort of a fantasy world and land uh, in the early part of the movie especially uh, maybe compared to any other movie I've ever seen this uh, this movie really looks like a legend like a, a, a fantasy fairy tale place uh, I don't know where they film most of this I didn't uh, I wasn't able to dig into that and find that out yet but it's uh, there's some forest scenes, especially, and when um, there's a scene with a unicorn on a riverbed with the the, the princess played by Mia Sarah, uh, who's the character of Lily in the movie. It, it's just really classic visuals. I remember when the I first heard about this film coming out, and they started a few pictures started to show up in magazines, uh, Starlog magazine, which I've read for years. And some of these visuals from this film just blew me away. Uh, I'd never seen, you know, most real fantasy films to that point, there weren't that many. And, and some of them, or quite a few of them, were animated. And this just, to me, looked like a uh, an amazing movie. And, and I, I think it turned out actually pretty good. I mean, there's the, the classic good versus evil tale and, and everything going on. But I just want to say... This movie, to me, is almost worth watching just for the way it looks, just the visuals alone. And I don't really mean special effects by that. I just mean the the way this looks, to me, is is, is just really, really beautiful and magical. I mean, it, uh, there are so many images. And I think one of the things about Ridley Scott, he's a very visual director. Uh, the movie, the first Alien movie, Blade Runner, uh, Legend, and, and many other movies that he's done... He has a very, you know, a very cinema, cinematographer type uh, brain, and he looks for the, you know, the way the movie will look and flow together. That 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 is really his strong suit, at least in my my uh, movie going and viewing opinion. I, I think he's a very strong visual director, and each of those movies, Blade Runner especially, and Legend, have a very strong uh, visual sense to them that that no other movie has. I mean, very original at the time. Nothing else has really come close to matching those movies, to me at least, in, in the way they look. Like I was kind of saying earlier, there is so much done these days with computers that a lot of what was created in Legend, there, this is not computer stuff here, folks. This is this is the real deal. Uh, and there is just some beautiful scenes in this movie that I, I just love. And and then you've got the story. You know, you've got the, the st- story of this guy who looks like the devil, basically, Darkness, and that he's trying to end the the this beautiful world that these people have, uh, and the, of course they they don't want that to happen. And Tom Cruise he doesn't really Tom Cruise doesn't really have a lot of dialogue in this movie. There's not really a lot of dialogue in general. 
it's almost watching a like watching a I don't know a, a, some kind of coffee table picture book, and as you open each page, you see a new scene that's going on, and you know how the movie unfolds is is really very visual, almost like a comic book uh, or uh, uh, sort of a graphic novel might be, rather than you know these people t- sitting and talking with each other a lot about what's going on in the world. So it's. Um, you know, there's a there's a the princess played by Mia Sarah Lily that uh, darkness tries to corrupt and, and sort of turn her to the dark side. You know, basically, and and Jack uh, Tom Cruise's character, which I always kind of wondered. You know, the the names Jack just seemed kind of bizarre. You know, he he seems like he needed a little more some kind of fantasy name or, or something. You know, different than that, like a Lord of the Rings elven kind of name or whatever. But uh, but anyway, that's his name. And it's uh, it's really really wonderful. And let me get on with um, what I also wanted to say. I'm I'm losing uh, losing my mind there for a second. Excuse me, folks. Okay, it's back. Um, <laughs> the um, what I wanted to say about this movie, though the the neat thing, I've got a two DVD set of it, and the the movie came out originally in theaters in the United States, at least in uh, one format with slight differences in the editing and, and, you know, the story of the movie. But the biggest, or one big difference, was the soundtrack. They had a rock soundtrack uh, originally with Tangerine Dream and Brian Ferry singing some songs for the movie. But Jerry Goldsmith also created a a, uh, soundtrack for the movie, and then that was edited back in with some changes in the movie. And so the DVD, the 2 DVD, two dvd sets that you can get now you can watch both versions of the movie basically there's this they used to call it the international release version and i don't know if i think it's called director's cut now but anyway so you can watch the original theater version the u.s theater version and the international version with a different a few different scenes and different soundtracks and and each one has its pluses and minuses i got very used to seeing the u.s version with the the music and Tangerine Dream and, and really enjoyed actually that music and still do that. Um, I kind of got used to that. The other version's okay too. It's, it's just a little different and, and you definitely, if you're into this and you like this movie, you should watch both of them. Uh, and that's the nice thing about DVDs these days. You got, you, you've got choices of, of what, what you want, what you can see. And just like, you know, they announced a few weeks ago about the star Wars, the original, original star Wars movies coming out on DVD. So so we've got all these different versions of these movies that we can watch now, and, and it's great to have that ability and that choice where you used to have to hunt these things down uh, at conventions and sort of under the table and hidden in the back room. And But now you're you're able to do this, uh, you know, or the movie studios at least, they, they've realized that people want to see these things and they release them finally. So so there you go. There's Legend. Uh, great movie. I think if you, uh, just like I said, for the visual look alone of the movie, it's wonderful. I like the story too. You know, there's any movie that has a good versus evil kind of storyline to it is 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 good with me. Uh, oh, I also wanted to mention they've got a new uh, action figure of the Darkness character out now, and YouBuyNow.com also has that. It's it's a huge thing. I saw it in a store the other day near near me, and it's like almost two feet tall. This thing is huge, uh, and it's uh, it's really well done, really well done. And like I said earlier in the in the podcast, if you check out youbynow.com, you can order it there and, and get 10% off with the Trek SF code. 
So there's, um, I think that's just about it for the movies I wanted to cover. There's, there's many more, but my point with doing these, and I'm going to do another show like this in the future, I've done one in the past, uh, is just to try to bring uh, some movies t- to light uh, that people may have overlooked or missed that uh, I think are definitely worth checking out. Now, of course, of course, there are lots of other wonderful movies, and actually, there are some that are, you know, to me, even more well known and better than these. Like I mentioned, Blade Runner, Indiana Jones movies, but I want to do and Planet of the Apes films. I'm probably going to be doing some separate special podcasts for those. I'd like to do a special Indiana Jones uh, uh, podcast once at least, and and something on the Planet of the Apes films also. So that's kind of why I'm not including certain classics and. Like 2001: A Space Odyssey is another is another wonderful uh, movie to me, at least. Although some people don't really care for it, it's it's definitely a, a real uh, you know very science fiction, very cerebral cerebral tale, and not everyone can get into that. I think, but uh, but the movies in these special shows, like today, I'm trying to hit the ones that are just a little more offbeat, a little more different, and things that again people may not have uh, been thinking of for a while. I'm going to take a quick break again, and I will come back, and we will have the contest winner. All right, I'm back. Uh, the um, The contest from last week, the if you if you all remember, the question was I was asking for connections to specifically between the between Star Trek and the X Men films. Now, I'll just say that a lot of people got um, quite a few connections, more than even I was thinking of at the time, and I'm going to kind of go through those here in a second. Uh, I had quite a few winning uh, entries, and what I basically did is I I decided if you had two connections, whether they were the two specific ones I was looking for, you were going to be in the the drawing or or the contest uh, possibilities of the winner. And the winner is going to get the the brand spanking new DVD of Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Now... Let me go through uh, first the the basic answer I was looking for for the connections between Star Trek and the X Men movies. The the main two I've always thought of were, of course, Patrick Stewart was Jean Luc Picard in Next Generation, and he plays Professor Xavier in the X Men movies. So that's that's the biggie. The other one was uh, the character of Jean Grey. She guested on a Next Generation episode, and she also is, of course. Um, the Jean Grey Fomp, I don't know how you say her name, Fomke, Femike, excuse me everyone, I'm slaughtering her name, but the actress who plays Jean Grey in the X-Men movies also had a guest starred in an episode of Next Generation. Those are the two main ones. The other one, of course, that a lot of people pointed out was Kelsey Grammer uh, as the Beast in the X-Men 3 movie. He uh, was a, he had a quick guest spot in an episode called uh, cause and effect on Next Generation, playing Captain Bait, Bat, Bateman, Batsman, Boatsman, something like that. I'm trying to remember, but uh, and of course there was a uh, a comic book crossover from uh, a few years ago, several years ago, where the X Men and the Star Trek uh, people met up in, in comic book form. That was another one. Uh, also, somebody pointed out that Brian Singer, who directed the first two X Men movies, had a cameo in the. Uh, last uh, Star Trek film, and there were many, many others, uh, many other connections actually, more more than I had thought of. But those were the probably the big ones. Now, uh, I've got uh, 
Looks like I got 11, uh, 11 people who had the right answer. Avery, Jerome, Alvin, Pedro, Kenny, uh, Tisdale, Richard, Joseph, uh, Ayla, Sam, and Aaron. And I think I got everyone on my list who got who had the correct entry. Uh, there's What I'm going to do is I'm going to roll the, uh, my handy 12-sided die because I have 11 entries. If I roll a 12, I'll just roll again. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll roll this dice. And it looks like number four on my list uh, is the winner, who is uh, Pedro. Pedro Lopez. You are the winner for this contest of the Star Trek IV DVDs, Pedro. And congratulations. And thanks to everyone else who, who sent in their uh, their winning answers. Uh, I was I was pretty pleased with the results on this. I think a lot of people got uh, got it. And I, you know, that's the kind of contest that I like. I don't want everyone to, you know, have to scramble across the Internet and work really hard on the contest. But then again, I don't want it so easy, like what's the name of the ship on Star Trek or whatever. You know, it's not going to be that easy. But uh, congratulations again to, to Pedro. And just email me at treksf at gmail.com with your address and info, and I'll mail the, the DVD off to you. So congratulations, and again, thanks to everyone who entered the contest. Just to uh, have a few quick announcements I want to go through, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about collectibles. Uh, the first one, I, I'm endeavoring to do some more work on the website and try to redesign some of the, the first front page and some of the other areas. And if you haven't visited in a while... Uh, of course, the website is at www.treksf.com or treksinsci-fi.com. We'll get you there. I also wanted to point out that um, each week I, I put some pretty good notes and some pictures up for the podcast. If you go to the podcast link off the main webpage, you can see those. And it's uh, it's got all the links and information about what I've talked about on the show. So check that out. It's in a WordPress a form blog or whatever you want to call it and I, and I think you'll enjoy looking over that and and what I have to say about each show so that'll be again go to the main website and click on the podcast link but I am I'm going to start actually digging into and, and trying to learn a little bit about dream dreamweaver uh, and use that to redesign the site a little bit and it's sort of in its initial uh, initial stages right now but uh, it it takes a bit to learn that I've used front page for a long time and I'm pretty comfortable and HTML and editing web documents, so hopefully this won't be too much uh, to learn. I also wanted to mention that uh, for all forum members, and this is an encouragement to anyone join the forums, one of our longtime forum members and listeners of the show, Morales from Mexico, is uh, creating a uh, uh, basically a sci-fi newsletter that's going to go out to all forum members each week, uh, probably come out on like Friday. And basically this will be a, a couple of pages long in HTML format uh, of the latest sci-fi news, TV, movies, information, and things like that with links and all that. And I, he, the first one came out. We, we sent that out. Uh, I just sent that out today to all forum members. And if you'd like to, uh, again, you know, get involved on the forums, get this newsletter, this Horizon uh, sci-fi newsletter, that Morales is is kind enough to work hard on and, and really did a nice job on the first go-round, the first issue of it, uh, please join the forum, and everyone, all the members there will get a copy of this. Plus, there'll be a link to, to where he posts it on his website. So check that out. And I think that's about it on announcements. I'm going to come back in a second here and talk a little bit about collectibles. Here's Rico now with the latest in cool props and toys. 
Okay, there's uh, you know, a lot of neat things going on in, in collectible world these days, but I want to talk about a, an item that I got several years ago that is a, a real favorite of mine in my collection. And since I'm talking about sort of fantasy films a lot this on this week's podcast, I thought I would talk about this. Uh, I have a, uh, a re- replicated or a... Uh, I've got a pair of uh, ruby slippers from that were made... You know, based on the Wizard of Oz ruby slippers made by a gentleman named Jack Townsend. And again, in the podcast notes for this week, I will include some information. But uh, there are some photos, and that will also be in the notes. They're up in the collector gallery. But I just wanted to say a little bit. Uh, these, um, The Wizard of Oz has always been a real favorite of mine, and I wanted for years to have some kind of a... Uh, uh, you know, some props from that movie. And, of course, the, the classic or one of the classic pieces from there is the... Dorothy's ruby slippers uh, from the witch, uh, or that the ones that the witch wants to get off, of course, and, and came from uh, the Wicked Witch of the East, right? And and then Glinda puts them on Dorothy and all that stuff. So, uh, but this uh, this is a great. Uh, he makes these by hand. They're all hand sequined with uh, with red uh, sequins, just very much like the original ones that were created for Judy Garland for the movie. And he did a, does a great job with these. You can really tell it's a, it's a very, um, very, you know, well done, you know, replica of these slippers. And it's it's a very nice piece. Uh, I've got a little sort of plastic case for them now. And I, again, there'll be some photos up. The, the best thing to do is to look at the the pictures uh, on the gallery and in the podcast notes to learn more about this. But I just thought I'd throw that out, and uh, and I haven't talked about those before, but that's one of my favorite items that I actually have in my collection. You know, even with all the, uh, I guess I have quite a variety. I, you know, I've got the phasers over there and the lightsabers over there, and then I've got some ruby slippers of Dorothy's. So I, I'm, I've got a pretty wide range of tastes, I guess. But it, I think that to me is what makes sci-fi and fantasy interesting. Is it doesn't pin you down. You don't have to just be a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan. You can enjoy it all and. And The Wizard of Oz growing up for me, you know, before the days of videotape and DVD, was something that I always looked forward to each year when it would come on. You know, it would only come on once a year, really. And, you know, it was that was a kind of a exciting time when you, you'd sit around with your family and watch The Wizard of Oz on television. And they still do that. But, you know, with video these days, it, it, it doesn't quite have the same pull when you can just pull the thing off your shelf and, and, and shove it in your DVD player. Um, and they actually just came out with, I haven't picked it up yet, because it seems like every ye- couple of years they release another version. It's not really a different version, but they add more uh, extras to it. But there's a new, I think it's a, a three DVD set out of The Wizard of Oz now on. And it's it it's probably something I'll have to pick up just because I'm a big fan of the movie sometime. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's out there. So um, Wizard of Oz, Ruby Slippers, take a look uh, and um, enjoy. Okay, folks, I think that's going to just about do it for this week's Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. I want to thank you, of course, for joining me on the show. Uh, please, if you get a chance, uh, toss a vote to uh, to me on Podcast Alley. I'd really appreciate that. I haven't asked really on the air, I don't think, in a while. Uh, you can find a direct link to vote for me off of the main treksf.com webpage to do that. I'd really appreciate it. And I also hope the sound quality on this show sounds okay and there weren't too many of those puff sound noises Uh, i'm still adjusting like i said the position of this new mic but uh, we'll get it all down we'll get it down if you've got any comments or questions you'd like to send in for the future shows uh you can reach me of course at treksf at gmail.com and for uh next weekend's podcast i am going to look at the um 
classic Star Trek episode, Space Seed. Yes, the first episode with Khan Noonien Singh. I think it's time we definitely look at that episode and talk about it, uh, since Khan is such a great villain and character in Star Trek history. So next week, Space Seed on the weekend show. But again, this Wednesday we'll have uh, another show probably out with our uh, talk about movies with um, some of the members on the forum. So look, look for that. Until uh, until next time, everyone, have a good time. Uh, Memorial Day weekend here in the States. Enjoy that for everyone. Have some barbecue and get some sun. So talk to everyone very soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dusty Podcast production.